0: Source For all the latest Batman news related to movies, television, merchandise, and video games. Thanks for making the Batman Universe your ultimate source for Batman news.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Batman Universe Podcast, episode number 72. I'm your host, Dustin, and today we have with us... This is John. This is Melinda. We are bringing you not only the news from the last month, but the last two months, as we're a little bit behind with this cast, mostly because of the holidays, also because of some issues that were happening on the website. So we're going to bring you two months of news, which is a lot of news. Our spotlight character is a character called the Getaway Genius, And for our feature, we'll be announcing the ballot for the 2011 TBU Awards. So, uh, without further ado, let's get right into news, because there's a lot of it. When
2: Gotham is ashes, you have my permission to die.
1: All right, starting off with movie news, the very first thing we have is on November 4th, Warner Brothers has teamed up with U-Jam to bring you the ability to create a track for your voice to actually become part of a track in the Hans Zimmer score for The Dark Knight Rises. You can check out details for this. I believe it's actually still going on. You can still become part of that if you're interested in that. Obviously, this is from the 4th of November. We have some other news related to that same thing, so we'll get into that. The next bit, on November 9th, the prologue received a rating. That's right, there was a prologue, for those of you who may not have known. The prologue, the first six minutes of The Dark Knight Rises, was released in December in front of Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. And the prologue received the rating on November 9th, which is interesting just because it's six minutes of a film, but it still had to get a rating. On November 14th, Justice League Doom, there was some cover art that posted online, Later on, that obviously was confirmed, so you can check that out. On November 18th, Empire Magazine held a voting session to reveal the cover of their newest issue, which was going on sale November 24th. The goal is to either vote for Batman or Bane, and then a brand new picture of Bane and Batman was revealed. Both of those were actually revealed over the weekend of that November 18th time frame, so you can check those out online as well.
0: Both of those covers look fantastic.
2: Yeah, they did. They they looked really, really amazing.
1: Alright, on December 1st, Warner Brothers actually officially announced that the prologue would be happening. So you can check out the press release if you're interested, but at this point it's already happened, so there's no need to go into that. Alright, moving on to December 6th. There was a bunch of interviews that happened on December 6th, or right around the area of December 6th. There was an interview with Collider where Hans Zimmer talked about what he has to do with The Dark Knight Rises to compare it to the other last two films. and He basically said that he's trying to do something very different. He wants to do something very original since this is his last one. Also, Gary Oldman talked about how epic The Dark Knight Rises is going to be. Nothing new there. And finally, MTV sat down with Michelle Pfeiffer to ask her opinion on Anne Hathaway. And Michelle Pfeiffer stated that Anne Hathaway will be brilliant.
2: Yeah, I, I don't really get the point of asking the cast what is going on, because they're not going to to say anything. I, I didn't expect Gary Oldman to, to say much more than it's going to be really, really good, because we know it is. Hans Zimmer is, I, I think, one of the best movie composers we have ever seen, and I, I think his score will, once again, like all the other films, set the tone, set it perfectly, and it will take you along for a ride, which, you know, is complimentary to the film in, in such a way that it's brilliant, really.
0: Um, I'm happy that Hans Zimmer is doing the score because you, you hire him when you want a really big, epic feel to your film. And, I mean, he's done such a wonderful job on his previous films that it's a no-brainer that he's going to do a fantastic job here. As for talking to Michelle Pfeiffer, I don't really understand the point of it unless they reasoned that while we're not going to get any information from the current cast so let's ask other people what they think about the movie
1: yeah it's just one of those perfect examples of mtv fishing for something related to batman because it'll get views all right so the next bit of news we've got on it was a sequence of days december 7th 8th and 9th there was a part of a viral marketing campaign that kind of happened so the very first thing, on December 7th, Wired posted up this fake CIA dossier on this character called Dr. Pavel, and showed a picture of him, and it's actually a character that we know is going to be in The Dark Knight Rises. And then later on, Empire also revealed what appears to be a sort of a redacted kind of discussion between CIA station chief a militia. So um, you can check those documents online, but essentially what those two led to was The next day, on December 8th, the actual viral marketing Twitter account that we know of before, which is at the Fire Rises, released this document that was completely redacted, but it did say Operation Early Bird will go live at ten hundred hours Pacific Standard Time. Then you go to a website called Operation Early Bird, which is actually a site that had a countdown clock that is scheduled to count down at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. So, what's interesting is then on December 9th, what ended up happening was the countdown ran out. The official website for the the movie The Dark Knight Rises featured a recording of a number of sets of coordinates. A map appeared on Operation Early Bird, and the coordinates from the recording were put in at the bottom. It revealed these little green dots, and as you clicked on the green dots, they were actually locations of specific IMAX theaters around the world, mostly the United States, Canada, and England. Now, these, these locations were, in fact, some of the actual locations you could view the prologue. This gave fans the opportunity to reserve a spot to see the prologue early and for free. So, by clicking on the thing, you were then given a pass to be able to go to the prologue and see it the following Tuesday for free and I was actually one of the the people who was lucky enough to be able to go down to Chicago and see it at Navy Pier, and needless to say, the prologue was awesome. Imagine, basically imagine this. Take Inception, and mix it with Batman, and that's what the prologue reminded
2: me of. I must admit, I haven't seen the prologue, but all the reviews that I've read of it online are, are absolutely raving about it, and it seems to balance quite well it being quite intriguing but not being so cryptic everybody kind of scratches their head and goes what on earth is going on but doesn't give the entire plot away either but i will definitely track it down and make sure that i i watch it
0: yeah like john i haven't had a chance to see it and i've purposely avoided reading anything about it because i don't want it spoiled for me but everything i've heard people say word of mouth is that it's it's fantastic, so I'm really hoping that it does go online or it, it gets posted somehow.
1: The interesting thing to me is I mean, don't get me wrong, the prologue was awesome, but my real hope for the Dark Knight Rises is that despite not having the Joker in it and having Bane as the main villain Everybody knows the Joker is like Batman's biggest villain, but my real hope for The Dark Knight Rises is that because it's the last in the trilogy, it is somehow bigger and better than the second one, which is very difficult to do with many trilogies. When you look at some of the biggest trilogies of the last 10, 15 years, most of them, the second one is always the best one of the three. So I'm really hoping they just try to figure out a way to make The Dark Knight Rises bigger and better than The Dark Knight.
0: Well, I think the big thing with a trilogy is you have to take something that you thought was true at the start and turn it on its face. So I'm I'm curious as to what hasn't been true from the start of the series.
1: Yeah, I think it might have something to do with uh, Razel Ghul, which is some of the stuff that's been floating around on the internet is that somehow Razel Ghul is involved in the third movie, whether it be a flashback or whatnot. I mean, that kind of brings something back from the first movie, so. We'll see.
0: It would make sense.
1: All right, so the next thing we've got on December 10th, Chris Nolan talked with IGN about The Dark Knight Rises. So for this interview, I'll read for IGN, and John will read for Chris Nolan. We know you selected Bane as the villain of this film because you wanted him to be a physical challenge for Batman, but he's a character that, frankly, I didn't really read up on until I heard that he was going to be in the movie. I knew that he was the guy who broke Batman's back And that's kind of all I knew about him. But the more I read about him, the more I became kind of fascinated by him. That this guy who was raised in a prison and all that, how much of that backstory, the elements that made him who he was, do you retain in the film? And if you don't, were you worried at all that that would be like getting rid of Bruce Wayne seeing his parents shot, that impetuous for why he is
2: who he is? Well, the liberating thing about dealing with a less-known villain is you feel more creative freedom to embrace the elements of that character you feel can serve your story and ignore those that weren't. But, at the same time, we chose Bane because he has some very unique elements to who he is. As far as the emphasis to it in the film, I'm actually editing some right now. So you never quite know until it's done. But we certainly intend to do justice to it, to the character I've written and to the comic. I think the significance of Bane in our eyes is his strength as an antagonist to Batman. Everything must serve that, including the nature of his past and how that will play into the story.
1: Gary Oldman said the other day something about the Harvey Dent Act. Is there a Harvey Dent Act, an actual piece of legislation? And what can you tell us about the sort of shape that Gotham is in when we pick up the story eight years later?
2: Well, that's funny. I didn't read that. But there is a piece of legislation, and we are dealing with a Gotham that's moved on. In the last eight years, it has come to revere Harvey Dent in the way that Batman intended at the end of the last film. In The
1: Dark Knight, Gordon and Batman make this spur-of-the-moment pact to lie and say Dent wasn't that guy, meaning Two-Face. Will we see the repercussion of that pact play out in this film? I don't think I want to answer that question. All right, so that's the end of that interview. I'm pretty sure that that last question is we will be seeing the repercussions play out in the film. That's At this point, I'm pretty sure you could probably assume that that's really going to be the case.
2: Yeah, I definitely think so as well. I, I mean, it would be really bizarre for them to leave it on the cliffhanger that they did and then for them not to pick it up how he does tie Bane into Batman and whether you can then go back and watch the first one and go, ah, well that's that's where Bane was or that's what he's coming from it might have something to do with the destruction of the temple, maybe Bane was there or was looking to get there and he he gets there and it's destroyed and he kind of gets angry about it, I mean it's just guesswork and, and that would probably be a terrible story, but That would be a nice thing for him to do, and and from that interview is what, basically, he suggests that he will be doing.
0: I think that John raised a really good point, that they would not have put something that significant into the end of The Dark Knight if it wasn't going to be picked back up in The Dark Knight Rises. Are we allowed to talk about the trailer at all? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, and there are a couple of scenes where you can see that it looks like Commissioner Gordon is speaking at some sort of memorial or some sort of celebration of Harvey Dent, because you can see pictures of Aaron Eckhart in the background, and they refer to Christopher Nolan talking about, we're dealing with a Gotham that's moved on. They even make mention that, you know, Commissioner Gordon is a war hero, and these are peace times. So, I think that that almost sets Gotham up in a little bit of a way, like, they're not expecting an attack like the one that Bane is about to present.
1: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think that, in some sense, Gotham City has become complacent. And I think that's that's what a lot of the movie is going to deal with. All right, so moving along, December 11th, Warner Brothers revealed a new poster for The Dark Knight Rises. It features Bane walking away from a broken Batman cowl. So that poses the question, by the end of the film... Will the legend really end as the poster states the legend ends? And will Bane actually break the bet? Only time will tell for that one.
2: I think that would be an interesting way to leave it. Picking up back on Melinda's point earlier, if Gotham had got complacent and Batman had got complacent, and then Bane comes along and trashes Batman, as is shown in the poster, then that would be a really interesting way to end the trilogy. And Probably annoy any director who wanted to do Batman after that.
0: Um, with the broken cowl, I'm I'm not sure that we're going to see the end of Batman, but I I'm almost concerned that we are going to see the end of Bruce Wayne because you you see Bane, you know, there's all this Bane talking about breaking, and he's broken the cowl, and I certainly think that it would it would be a dramatic ending to have Batman end, but I, I don't think that I don't even think Chris Nolan has the cojones to do that. And and I'm saying he's got a serious set of them.
1: could be amusing, though, if they did do it like that, because it would be something that you would never actually see coming. You would think it could happen, but you would never actually expect it to happen. All right, the next bit of news. On December 12th, Warner Brothers announced the release date and revealed the official cover art for Justice League Doom, and Justice League Doom will be coming out on February 28th. So, just next month. So, we'll be looking forward to a lot of press releases, photos, images, clips from Warner Brothers for that film very shortly. The next news we have is on December 12th, Chris Nolan shared more feelings about The Dark Knight Rises with the Los Angeles Times Hero Complex blog. So, I'm going to read through these pretty quickly. First, on Embracing Batmania, he says, It's terrific to have people that are interested in something. It reminds you that it is a real honor to work on something that means so much to people. I love to be able to claim that I invented the whole thing and that's why they're interested. I did not. I've been given a very precious thing to do my best with, to look after and not let people down. There's a certain amount of fear that comes with it and intimidation, but it's also a great privilege. As for the fans, they want it to be great. They want to go enjoy it and they're fascinated by it. You know, there's always controversy regarding things that people will disagree with. But hopefully, they appreciate the effort in trying to make something good. Nolan also mentioned in the interview that he expects about 45 to 50 minutes of the finished film will be shot in the IMAX cameras. On learning about the character of Bane... He said, I didn't know him very well. David Goyer got me a bunch of stuff on him, and we looked into him. I only knew him by name. I wasn't familiar with his backstory. He's a very cool character, and getting an actor like Tom to take it on, you know you're going to get something very special. Tom is somebody who really knows how to put a character into every gesture, every aspect of his physicality in the way that great actors can. He's a very, very physical actor. He transforms himself, and it's there in every movement. He's not afraid to look at the character from the outside as well as the inside, so there's a deep psychological branch to the character, but also a very, very specific awareness of how he's going to use his body and his appearance to express the character, too. Christian is like that, too, very much. On the choice of Bane for the film, Chris Nolan said, With Bane, the physicality is the thing. With a good villain, you need a good archetype. You know, you need an extreme of some type of villainy. The Joker is obviously a particular archetype of diabolical, chaotic anarchy and has a devilish sense of humor. Bane, to me, is something we haven't dealt with in the films. We want to do something very different in this film. He's a primarily physical villain. He's a classic movie monster, in a way, but with a terrific brain. I think he's a fascinating character. I think people are going to get a kick out of what we've done with him. And finally, on the film taking place eight years after The Dark Knight, He said, it will make a lot more sense to people when they see the film. But it's not a great mystery. It's the jumping off point for the film. But it's hard for me to articulate it. I think the mood at the beginning of the film will make a lot of sense. If I had to express it thematically, I think what we're saying is that for Batman or Commissioner Gordon, there's a big sacrifice, a big compromise at the end of The Dark Knight. And for that to mean something... That sacrifice has to work, and Gotham has to get better, in a sense. They have to achieve something for the ending of that film, and the feeling at the end of that film to have validity. Their sacrifice has to have meaning, and it takes some time to establish that and to show that. That's the primary reason we did that. It's a time period that is not so far ahead that we would have to do crazy makeup or anything, which I think would be distracting, but it gave some something to get their teeth into particularly Christian in terms of portraying this guy who has been frozen in the moment of time with nowhere to go. He has really done an incredible job figuring out how to characterize that and express that. All right, so those are the end of the comments from Chris Nolan. Clearly, he is enjoying what he's doing. I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind with that. And as far as, you know, Bane being the villain, well, we already talked about that. The film taking place eight years after The Dark Knight I agree, it probably will make a lot more sense once we actually see the film compared to just hearing that it takes place eight years into the future.
2: Yeah, I think so as well. I wonder if they're going to do perhaps a DVD tie-in again like they did with Gotham Knights, which will fill in the eight years and kind of explain what's going on. But, I mean, if it's obviously clear in the film, then perhaps they won't.
0: One thing that he said that I found really interesting was the Bruce frozen in time, or that frozen in that moment in time, I wonder how much that relates to having to watch, you know, Gotham move on, everybody move on knowing or thinking that Harvey Dent was this really great guy and him knowing, you know, Harvey Dent was a great guy, Two-Face was insane and the Joker killed the girl I loved. I'm wondering how much that's going to play into it because that's certainly something that that can stunt someone or cause someone to freeze at a developmental stage in their life.
1: All right, so the next bit of news, more viral marketing hit the net on December 15th with an exclusive package from Warner Brothers to our very own The Batman Universe website. We received this package that contained a t-shirt that said Fire Rises with a picture of Bane's face on it and a tube that had a map on it. Now, what was interesting about this map is it actually appears to be a strike map for Bane and has Gotham City clearly laid out and specific areas that he plans on striking at some point in the map. Very cool map. Definitely check out the website and take a look at some of the pictures. Uh, On December 19th, the first official full-length trailer for The Dark Knight Rises premiered. Over the weekend, it premiered in front of Sherlock Holmes. But Warner Brothers actually released it online on December 19th, so you can head over to the website to check that out. We talked about that a little bit earlier as well. Definitely a lot going on in the actual trailer. We hear Selena Kyle telling Bruce Wayne some comments that, in my mind, actually lead me to believe it has something to do with, you know, the current social situations of the Occupy movements and things like that, where Bruce Wayne is clearly part of that top 99%, the, the top 1% of the population, and the rest of the 99% clearly are not very happy with the situation. That could lead into why Bane is so easily able to take over Gotham City.
2: Yeah, the trailer looks amazing. I think you're right. I think there is going to be some social thing, and again, all the evidence kind of points to Bane being the cause of this and tearing Gotham apart. And I wonder if there's a a political subtext without becoming too political. A lot of the country where there were Occupy movements didn't really react too well to it. And you've got background of things like the Arab Risings and stuff like that. I wonder if there's going to sort of be a play with that. And, you know, fame's going to be this kind of destructive force, you know, tearing down the social order and destroying what stands, you know, this complacent city where... They kind of think everything is okay, but really it's not. And Batman and Bruce have got to deal with that. I think it could be very, very, very interesting.
0: At work, we watched the trailer several times just to kind of wrap our minds around it. I agree that I think that the Selena Kyle speaking to Bruce Wayne at some sort of masquerade ball about battening down the hatches because she's referring to a storm that's coming. It almost makes me wonder if she's not necessarily working with Bane, but certainly on the side of Bane. We've never really seen her portrayed as a Robin Hood type character, but it it almost sounds like that's what they're trying to turn her into, you know, take from the rich and give to the poor. And if they're having Bane act as the strong leader, those are certainly the types of people that crowds will follow. So I'm I'm curious to see what political subtext there is in the movie, but I, I really hope that that's not all it becomes. From the trailer, it doesn't look like that's all it's going to become because you've got someone breaking people out of prison and you've got inmates chanting, rise, rise, rise. So.
1: All right, so moving on to the next bit of news. On December 21st, Warner Brothers announced that there's, in fact, going to be a premiere date for Justice of Doom. Will premiere in New York on February 13th. Fans are welcome to try to get tickets. The tickets are available through MTV Geek. So you can check out the link on the website. On December 21st, we also had a couple of stills from The Dark Knight Rises appear. Now we've we saw these images prior to them actually posting online, but that was specifically because a lot of these images were already used in The Empire news article that was released almost a month prior to those actual stills being released online. On December 21st, there was also two interviews, one with Heinz Ward, which is one of the football players that's appearing in The Dark Knight Rises, specifically also in the trailer, and Gary Oldman. But uh, then again, nothing really new. You can check out those as well as on December 22nd, an interview with Hans Zimmer talking more about the score and specifically what his idea for a Catwoman theme for The Dark Knight Rises could be. Also on December 22nd, more stills from Warner Brothers released, as well as December 26th, there was another still released as well, so you can check out all those stills online as well. On December 23rd, The Dark Knight Rises actually broke its first record, as I'm sure it is very likely to break other records. The very first record it has shattered so far, is the combined downloads through iTunes movie trailers site, itunes.com trailers. It was viewed more than 12.5 billion times in the first 24 hours of the trailer was released, and that beats the previous record by well over 2 million. Now, it is interesting to note that the previous record holder was the Avengers, and Batman, of course, conquered the Avengers.
0: Just like real life? Exactly. <laughs>
1: Alright, and then the last bit of news we have is on December 29th, Hero Complex is back and this time they did an interview with Anne Hathaway talking to her about Selina Kyle slash Catwoman. So I'm going to read through these real quick. In discussing the Catwoman costume, she said, I love the costume. I love the costume because everything has a purpose. Nothing is in place for fantasy's sake and that's the case with everything in Christopher Nolan's Gotham City. On regarding the script based on the story by both Nolan and David Goyer, she said, Gotham City is full of grace. You look at Heath's performance as the Joker, there was a lot of madness there, but there was also a lot of grace. And he had a code there. There's a lot of belief in codes of behavior in Gotham. My character has one too. A lot of the way she moves and interacts with people is informed by her worldview." Chris has given us such a complex, defined, sophisticated worldviews that it's just a matter of doing your homework and getting underneath the character's skin. Nolan also commented on the choice of Hathaway for Calvin by saying, She had something very important we need for the character. She's an incredibly talented but naturalistic actress, which makes her great in film. She also has a terrific theatrical skill, so she can project a persona, and there's a big aspect of the character that is a persona. She's a multi-layered character, and we needed a great actress that could rise to the challenge. There's also a new scene description that was revealed by Hero Complex, and I will read exactly what they wrote, and you can decide what is actually happening. Gotham City is a war zone. A ruthless madman named Bane has ripped away any sense of security, and the citizens, haggard and clutching suitcases with refugee anxiety, sit behind barbed wire waiting to see what will blow up next. A hooded prisoner is dragged in. It's Bruce Wayne, one of Gotham's most famous faces. But the eyes of the crowd go instead to the woman in black standing at the top of the staircase. Sorry to spoil things, boys, but Bane needs this these guys himself, says sultry Selena Kyle, played here by actress Anne Hathaway, navigating the steps with stiletto heels that, on closer inspection, turn out to have serrated edges capable of leaving nasty claw marks in a fight. She also wears high-tech goggles that, when not in use, flip up and resemble feline cat ears. Alright, so that is that scene description in Things from Anne Hathaway. I'm pretty sure that the scene that they described is probably one of the first times we actually see Catwoman in the film. That would be my guess. And I think people are just going to get used to the goggles slash ears. I think the idea behind it is that, again, everything has a purpose. It's not just, you know, she just doesn't have ears to have ears because her name is Catwoman.
2: Yeah, I think so. I don't think Chris Nolan puts anything in there without there being a point to it, unlike Joel Schumacher. I don't know what to make of that scene description. Obviously, without seeing the scene, you can't really digest it, concept what's going on. I mean, clearly she's towing that morally ambiguous line by working for Bane, but at the same time, obviously appearing at these masquerade balls and things like that and Obviously, the photograph of her on the Batpod as well. So, I don't really know. I think Anne Hathaway's got the character down perfectly, and and Nolan's interpretation sounds, to me, spot on to the character. She is this multi-layered, complex character, and that's what is appealing about her. So, it'll be interesting to see what's going on. To me, it sounds a little bit, as well, like No Man's Land. You know, the idea that they all sat behind barbed wire, they've all got suitcases, you know, ready to leave, ready to blow something up. So it's going to be very, very interesting. I kind of don't know what to make of it, but I do at the same time, if that makes sense.
0: Building on John's point, Catwoman, I think, is going to do whatever is best for Catwoman. I mean, that's, that's kind of what we've seen from her character before. And I think that while she's maybe not the character we've seen in comics, I think Anne Hathaway is perfect for the Catwoman that Christopher Nolan has in mind. And as for the scene, it does sound a little like War Games and it almost sounds like Bruce Wayne, potentially other wealthy people within Gotham are about to be put on trial with either the city acting as judge, jury, and executioner or Bane acting as judge, jury, and executioner. Because that's, I don't know, the fact that a prisoner is led forward, it kind of reminds me of the whole courtroom setup. It makes me think of that more than anything else. All
1: right, so that is all the movie news. I know that it seems like there was a lot of movie news, but two months worth of movie news, and it's, it was a pretty big month for the Dark Knight Rises. So, needless to say, lots of stuff happened. But a lot of the other areas of the news, not so much news. So, let's get into TV news.
2: So, this is really it. Yeah, looks like at least you can say you had a good run. A great run. And until we meet again, boys and girls, know that
0: wherever evil lurks in all its myriad forms, I'll be there with the hammers of justice to fight for decency and defend the innocent.
2: Good night.
1: Not a whole lot that happened in November and December. We do have a couple things of news to go over before we actually go over the episodes that actually aired in November and December. First off, on November 3rd, Young Justice Season 1, Volume 3 was announced. Check out the press release for that. It will include four episodes, including Barifat, Targets, Terrors, and Home Funds. Check that out. On November 14th, the programming block on Cartoon Network that will feature a wide range of Batman characters received a promo during Friday's debut of Green Lantern. And courtesy of DC Entertainment, you can now see the actual promo on our YouTube page. So you can check that out. Definitely a lot of stuff coming for DC Nation. I'm extremely excited about the DC Nation block of programming. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm even more looking forward to the possible expansion of it once we have more than two DC shows on at once. We'll have Green Lantern, the animated series, as well as Young Justice, when the actual programming block premieres. But we also are expecting the new Batman TV show possibly as early as November of 2012, so our hope is that the D C Nation block expands because then we're just getting more and more awesome new programming every single Friday, which would be great.
0: Yeah, no, they've they've done a great job of publicizing this. I really hope that in Canada the scheduling gets sorted out because I think Young Justice airs at like five thirty in the morning. So I'm not I'm not staying awake or waking up for that, but I've certainly been downloading the episodes and they've they've been fantastic. So if we can get, you know, a solid block Green Lantern was a really solid debut, too, so I think it'll be great.
1: All right, so that is all the news. Let's go over the episodes that aired in the month of November. For Batman Brave and the Bold, an episode called The Four Star Spectacular aired on November 4th in the U.S., and this featured four different short stories written and storyboarded by the show's main directors. Batman appears as a secondary character for all the shorts. The shorts featured Adam Strange, Flash, Amazing Man, and the Creature Commandos. Uh, yeah. I don't have a lot to say about that episode. On November 18th, the actual series finale of Batman Brave and the Bold aired, which was called Mightfall. And essentially what this was, was Batmite has grown wary of Batman Brave and the Bold and deems it to be... Tired and repetitive, so he decides to go on a mission to basically get the network to have the show canceled. Um, Ambush Bug and Aquaman also star. Amazing episode. That's all I have to say.
2: Yeah, Michael was absolutely brilliant. Really well done. Really tongue in cheek. As actually quite a lot of episodes are really kind of taking the Mickey out of themselves, and it is a really well done ending to a really mediocre series.
0: Haven't had a chance to see it. But I heard really wonderful things about it, and so you guys confirming that just lets me know that that's right.
2: All right, so then moving over to
1: Young Justice on November 4th, an episode called Fail Safe aired. And this basically involved the Young Justice team going on a mission to replace the Justice League because the Justice League was taken out. And won't ruin the ending, but basically the Justice League wasn't taken out. Just say that. On November 11th, an episode called Disordered was aired and the episode kind of was dealing with some after effects from the last episode as well as them taking on Desaad from Apocalypse. So you can definitely find that on iTunes. And on November 18th, an episode called Secrets aired where Artemis and Zatanna go to Manhattan for a girls night out as Superboy, Miss Martian and Kid Flash go to a Halloween party at the school, Artemis and Zatanna have to deal with a psychopath called Harm, and that was basically that episode. It was more of a Halloween episode. I'm not sure why it exactly aired on November 18th, the weeks after Halloween, but nonetheless it was a Halloween episode. So those were the only episodes of Young Justice and Batman Breaking the Bold that aired in the months of November and December. Not that much, Batman Breaking the Bold. In some senses, I'm sorry to see it go, but at the same time, like that might, I'm looking for a better Batman show to replace Batman Brave and the Bold, and I think we're just about... I think at this point, you know, Batman Brave and the Bold has run its run, and it had some good episodes, and had a decent amount of bad episodes, but for the most part, it's good to see that this isn't the end of Batman on TV, as Batman will return with what we know as now Beware of Batman.
2: Yeah, it had had an excellent run, Batman. And the brave and the bold. I must admit, I absolutely hated it. I do get that it's probably not aimed and it never was aimed at me. And there were some alright episodes, but to be honest, I can't say I'm sorry to see it go. The Young Justice episode, that's a series that just keeps getting better and better and better.
0: Failsafe just absolutely broke my heart while I was watching it. Again, I like you, I won't give away the ending, but I was pleased with the way things turned out and I'm... I'm so impressed with this show. For something that's that's aimed at younger children, it's it's consistently got really great storytelling, and it's it's got something I love, which is the season-long story arcs, where you get just a little bit revealed every episode. You know, it's enough to keep you tuning in. And I, I love big, long, epic stories like this. A Brave and the Bold is great, but they were very much like one-and-done comics. You know, you don't need to pick up the next one. Whereas with Young Justice. If you want to find out what's going on, you have to watch the episodes, you have to watch all of them, and you have to watch them in order.
1: That's one of the reasons I'm enjoying Young Justice, too. It reminds me a lot of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, because that's the same kind of format they followed, especially with the last couple seasons.
0: Oh, I'm definitely going to have to check those out.
1: All right, so then let's move right into merchandise news.
0: Remember when the Joker made his own utility belt?
2: The Laughing Fish? They don't get much better than that! The Death in the Family Saga. On that one, the fans got to choose what happened to Jason Todd. That's how I voted.
1: Fairly decent amount of merchandise news over the last two months. Very first thing on November 1st, Warner Brothers sent over a press release saying that they extended their partnership with Mattel for a number of more years. So we will be seeing Mattel be making all of our DC Entertainment toys for the very foreseeable future. On November 3rd, Mezco announced that they are releasing a line based off of The Dark Knight. There's a number of different sets for that series. so You can check that out on the website as well. On November 14th, the DC Direct items for March 2012 were announced, and there was really only one item, and it's a Batman bust based off the art of Gary Frank. You can check that out on the website. On November 21st, Funko released a vinyl toy line, and you can check out that. There's two different ones related to the Batman universe, a Batman and a Joker. You can check those out on the site. Okay, so the next thing we've got on December 12th, DC Direct items were announced for April of 2012. And the items that were announced was Series 2 of the Batman Arkham City line, which will include... Batman, Catwoman, Push, Mad Hatter, and the Riddler, and also a Batman black and white statue by Sam Keith was revealed as well. On December 13th, BigBadToyStore.com posted details for all of the new DC Universe, DC superheroes, one of those two. I'm not exactly sure what Legos officially calling them, but the DC Universe Legos that are coming out, they released all the details for all the new sets. And obviously there's a ton of Batman stuff. There's a set that has the Batmobile chasing Two-Face in his own little vehicle. The Batwing chasing Joker on a Joker helicopter. The Batcave, Batman chasing Catwoman, which is a smaller set. And then part of what appears to be the kind of like the Heroclix set, there's a Joker and Batman figure as well. There's also a Superman and Lex Luthor figure that we didn't show off on the website, but that is also part of the series as well.
0: I think like most people I'm really excited about the Legos. I think those are probably the the best announcement that came out last year as far as Batman merchandise went because who doesn't love playing with Lego? I don't care how old you are, you know how mature you think you are, just get some Legos. Exactly. Like let's be honest. You said you were going to buy the Legos for your son, they're really for you. And there's no shame in that.
1: That's right. All right. Next up on December 14th, Mattel hinted during their monthly Q&As with Action Figure Insider They mentioned some things about the Dark Knight Rises figures. Basically, action figure insider fan asked, We're getting our first look at the Dark Knight Rises later this month in the form of a six-minute IMAX trailer. When will we get our first look at the toy line? And will it be in the same format as the Green Lantern and the Dark Knight with four-inch and six-inch Movie Master figures? Mattel responded with this. We will see some information released starting with New York Toy Fair. There will be a Movie Master's six-inch line and a three-and-three-quarters-inch regular figures. Not much information, obviously, that they gave, but we know that February is when New York Toy Fair is February 12th through the 15th, so that's when we could actually see the first set of toys for The Dark Knight Rises. All right, and then December 16, Mattel showed off a number of the new Batman Legacy figures. We've already seen these figures, so there's nothing really new there. You can check out the actual press images that Mattel sent out on the website. And then on December 26, Comic Book Resources recently talked with a number of reps from Mattel in a conversation regarding DC's partnership with the toy company. And there wasn't really a whole lot of news that was revealed, but they did show the Red Robin, Tim Drake figure, 352, as he appears. is going to be part of the upcoming series of DC Universe Classics, so you can check out the picture of that online. Based off the picture,
2: highly detailed character, looks amazing. Looking forward to that figure. I'm loving this figure. It looks absolutely amazing, and it will definitely find its way into my collection mainly because i'm a massive red robin fan
0: like john and dustin i will definitely be picking this up i think red robin in it looks fantastic and i'm extremely excited that it is the pre-relaunch costume
1: all right so moving right along into video game news
2: having a little lie down are you enjoy it it's your last
1: a bunch of stuff happened over the last two months the very first thing well I'm just going to kind of breeze through this because a lot of this is old news. Essentially, Batman Arkham City clearly was released in the end of October. And there's a bunch of DLC packs that have been released for Batman Arkham City, including a Nightwing DLC pack, the Robin DLC pack, for those who weren't able to get that when you actually purchased it. And there was a Batcave DLC pack that came out right around Christmas time. Also, Batman Arkham City was nominated for 10 video game awards, also known as the VGAs. And there was also a Batman Arkham City skin DLC pack, which allows you to get all of the skins for Batman, as you could have picked up a wide variety of the skins based off of where you pre-ordered the game. There was a new version of Batman Arkham City released for the iPad, iPhone, and iPod Touch called Batman Arkham City Lockdown with Deathstroke appearing in the game exclusively for that version of the game. On December 11th, Batman Arkham City actually took home four of the ten VGAs that they were nominated for. On December 19th, Batman Arkham City won the GameSpot Action Adventure of the Year Award. And on December 20th, there was a free Batman Incorporated skin that was given to all fans of Batman Arkham City. The details on how to actually get that free skin is on the website, so you can check that out. Uh, as far as Gotham City Imposters goes, there's a couple new shorts Release for the thing, you can check those out on our YouTube page.
2: Okay, Arkham Asylum. Yeah, the DLC packs are absolutely amazing. I, I especially love the Nightwing one. I love the fact as well they've gone into real detail to get an individual kind of fighting style, and um, Nightwing's got his own style. Robin's got their own style, Catwoman's got their own style, and it really adds value to what you're buying, because so often these things can just be rushed out into production, put out there to make as much money as possible, and they don't really think about it, and for them to do that is, is really nice, and frankly, great fun to just go around beating up thugs as Nightwing, and the Batman Inc. costume looks amazing in the game as well, just gliding around Gotham as that character, it's brilliant, and again, perp attention to detail.
0: I don't really play it, so I don't have a lot to add, but I I think what John's saying sounds fantastic. Like, the fact that they put so much work into it to give them unique fighting styles. I saw a little bit of the different fighting styles between Catwoman and Batman, and I think it's incredible that they've, they've worked so hard to create such a differentiation between characters.
1: All right. And then moving into general news... only one thing to report back on november 4th part two of batman no man's land from graphic audio was released so you can definitely pick up that and part one as well the details are on the website that's all the news let's get right into our spotlight character spotlight character for this episode is a character by the name of the getaway genius you may be asking yourself who is this character i've never even heard of this character well, that's part of the reason why we're spotlighting this character. Also, we're spotlighting this character because the character is a lesser-known person. It's been a while since we've actually had an extremely unknown
2: character. Roy Reynolds was an experienced Gotham City criminal who came to realize that beating Batman and Robin was nigh unto impossible. Instead of seeking ways to defeat the dynamic duo, Reynolds concentrated on escape plans so he could continue to commit crimes. He proved adept at this, and quickly Reynolds was recognized as a mastermind. Batman and Robin altered their efforts and concentrated on his henchmen, who proved gullible, when the criminals thought they were attacking Batman and Robin, who had been brought down by the fictitious creation, the Hexer. The duo gained the upper hand and learned where Reynolds was, and that's in Batman 170, March 1965.
0: The Big Dave Hunter broke Reynolds out of jail in order to help him lure the greatest prey on Earth, Batman. When Batman beat the hunter, Reynolds was ready to return to prison. That was Batman 174 in September of 1965. Sometime later, when Batman's rogues tried to stop an incursion from West Coast criminals, Reynolds rigged a trapdoor that allowed Batman to escape execution. That was in Batman 201 in May of 1968. Years later, the getaway genius tried his hand at crime again. Batman suspected that Reynolds was behind the latest crime spree and sought getaway vehicles. While Batman found ground vehicles, he missed a backup helicopter that Reynolds took to freedom, or so he thought. Kirk Langstrom, in his Manbat form, was in the vicinity and forced the copter back to the ground and an awaiting dark night. That was in Batman number 254, January-February, 1974.
1: The Getaway Genius resurfaces briefly 10 years later in Detective Comics number 526. He is part of a large gathering of villains assembled by the Joker to kill Batman before the new criminal, Killer Croc, who has vowed to kill Batman in 24 hours. Can do the deed. Getaway Genius, along with Catman, Mr. Freeze, and Captain Stingray, attempted to seize taya Ghul when the Joker ordered her killed due to her refusal to be part in the plan. Dodging a blow from Catman and using Captain Stingray as a shield Talia evaded the villains and escaped. The getaway genius soon concocted a plan with Catman, Tweedledee, and Tweedledum to ambush Batman in an abandoned factory and kill him. Killer Croc, however, learned of the plan from the Joker and left the getaway genius and his two partners in the plan beaten half to death, leaving Batman, Catwoman, and Talia to stumble upon the fallen villains later. He recently resurfaced against the new Batman and Robin, Dick Grayson, and Damian Wayne, and escaped them, to which Robin berated Batman and the deceased Bruce for letting it happen multiple times. Batman, however, explained to Robin that Bruce once let the getaway genius go because he was stealing medicine that would let him live to see his daughter grow up. So that is the getaway genius. Currently not really appearing in the comics, but has appeared recently in the comics, and you probably didn't even know about the character before you saw him in Batman Robin. All right, so that is our spotlight character. Now, for our feature, as I mentioned, we will be announcing the ballot for the 2011 TVU Awards, and we're not going to discuss the nominees. We're really just going to list off the categories and the, the nominees for each category, and from there... That'll be pretty much it for this episode. There's a lot of movie news. Clearly, next month we'll have a bigger feature. But the idea is we want to get the 2011 TV Awards out there for people to be able to vote. And the voting will actually be on online, which I'll tell you more about after we get to the nominees. All right, so let's get into the ballot.
0: And the nominees for Worst Comic Writer are...
1: Gail Simone for her work on of Prey... Batgirl. Neil Adams for his work on Batman Odyssey Volumes 1 and 2. Tony Daniel for his work on Batman Volume 1. David Finch for his work on Batman The Dark Knight Volume 1.
0: And the nominees for Worst Comic Artist are.
1: Neil Adams for his work on Batman Odyssey Volumes 1 and 2. Inkai Miranda for her work on Birds of Prey, Volume 2. David B. for his work in Issue 8 of Batman Incorporated. Gillian March for his work in Batman and Robin and Catwoman.
0: And the nominees for Worst Comic Creative Team are...
1: Scott Lobdell, Kenneth Rockfort for their work on Red Hood and the Outlaws. Neil Adams for his solo work on Batman Odyssey, Volume 1 and 2. Judd Winnick and Aaliyah March for their work on Catwoman, Volume 3.
0: And the nominees for Worst Ongoing Series are...
1: Red Hood and the Outlaws, Batman and the Dark Knight, Volume 1, Birds of Prey, Volume 2, Batman and Robin, Volume 1, Catwoman, Volume 3.
0: And the nominees for Worst Single Issue are
1: Birds of Prey, number 10. Batman and Robin, number 20. Batman Incorporated, number 8. Batman the Dark Knight, number 5. Catwoman, number 1. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 1.
0: And the nominees for Worst Comic Character are
1: Dawn Golden, Enigma, Roy Harper, Absinthe, and Alyssa.
0: And the nominees for worst Batman the Brave and the Bold episode are
1: Four Star Spectacular, Sword of the Atom, Scorn of the Star Sapphire, Triumvirt of Terror.
0: And the nominees for the worst The Dark Knight Rises rumors are
1: Carl Urban playing Batman on a CWTV series, Two-Face is still alive. Robin Williams will play Hugo Strange. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Robin slash Nightwing slash Riddler slash Aswell.
0: And the nominees for Best Comic Writer are...
1: Scott Snyder, Grant Morrison, Greg Hurwitz, Kyle Higgins.
0: And the nominees for Best Comic Artists are...
1: J.H. Williams III... Chris Burnham, Ardean Sayeth, Seisman Kuransky, Marcus Toe, Dustin Wen, David Finch, Ben Oliver.
0: And the nominees for Best Comic Creative Team are
1: Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo for their work on Batman Volume 2, Scott Snyder, Jacques, and Francisco Francovella for their work on Detective Comics Volume 1, Grant Morrison and Chris Burnham. For their work on Batman Incorporated, W. Hayden Blackman and J. H. Williams III for their work on Batwoman, Greg Hurwitz and Seisman Goransky for Penguin, Pain, and Prejudice.
0: And the nominees for Best Ongoing Comic Series are
1: Batman Volume Two, Detective Comics Volume One, Batwoman, Birds of Prey Volume Three, Batgirl Volume Two.
0: And the nominees for Best Single Issue are
1: Detective Comics number 881, Night and Squire number 5, Batgirl number 24, Detective Comics number 879, Red Robin number 26, and Flashpoint Batman Night of Vengeance number 2.
0: And the nominees for Best Comic Character are
1: James Gordon Jr., Penguin, Batwing, Bruce Wayne, Dick Grayson. Stephanie Brown.
0: And the nominees for the best episode of Batman the Brave and the Bold are...
1: Batman Presents, Batman's Strangest Cases, Might fall. Night of the Batman, Joker, the Vile, and Villains.
0: And the nominees for the best The Dark Knight Rises news are...
1: Release of the first official trailer, Catwoman revealed as a character in the film, the announcement that the film will have more IMAX scenes than The Dark Knight, the reveal of the Batwing, or the release of the prologue.
0: And the nominees for the best The Batman Universe special are...
1: The Blooper Show Part 2, The New 52 Special, The Blooper Show Part 1, and The DC Relaunch Special.
0: And the nominees for The Best The Batman Universe Exclusive are...
1: The Batman Universe Interview's Scott Snyder Interview, the coverage of San Diego Comic-Con, the coverage of C2E2, and the Dark Knight Rise Spiral Marketing review.
0: And the nominees for The Best Overall News are...
1: The coverage of The New 52 coverage of Batman Arkham City, the coverage of Batman Year One, the coverage of The Dark Knight Rises. Alright, so there are your nominees. As I mentioned, head over to the website, check out the top of the page, there will be a banner that will state... We're, we're to actually go to place your votes for the 2011 Batman Universe Awards. When you actually submit your votes for the actual awards, please make sure to do us a favor and fill out that demographic page at the very end. It helps us get a little bit of information about our fan base so we know how to actually direct what we do on the site. So, with that, that is everything for this episode. Hopefully you didn't miss us too much. I know that we've been getting a lot of emails saying that there's been problems with the site. Trust us, we are working on everything and we are going to continue to provide the latest and greatest everything related to Batman, whether it has to do with The Dark Knight Rises, whether it has to do with all the comics, or whether it has to do with the upcoming Batman video games. Either way, Batman Universe is your source for all Batman news. So with that, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. You can join the forums. Even though there is a problem with the forums, we are still trying to get those fixed as well, but you can register on the forums and become a member. Just be sure to send us an email letting us know that you need your account activated. You can send us an email at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. You can always leave us a review on iTunes, and of course, you can head over to the website for all the latest news related to Batman. So with that, that's everything for this episode. This is Dustin.
0: This is John.
2: And this is Melinda. You've been listening to the Batman Universe Podcast. See you guys next time. I have a hammer and I'm going to take it to my computer.
0: And keep fighting the good fight, John.
2: Okay, I've got a new computer. I'm hoping this works. Yeah? You can hear me?
1: Yep. I'm
2: your and we have with us. John. Sorry. Oh, for God's sake. I've got this computer today, and it is annoying me already.
0: I heard if you hit it, it'll work better.
2: <laughs> I tried that with my last computer, and that's why I've got a new one. <laughs> hate microsoft oh stupid computer oh no
0: did we lose him again oh
2: yeah i think we did Damn it. this is gonna be a long day
1: are you there i am yeah okay
0: is there any way i can try to add him
1: well, it's, oh. no it says he's not online
2: I i'm really sorry it's i'm gonna throw this computer across the room in a minute Don't do it before we get done recording. (laughs) No, I won't. I won't. John. Oh, boy. John.
0: Should I just continue? Yeah. Okay. And it looks like we've lost John again.
1: I'm going to move on. Hopefully he comes back.
0: Sounds good.